memes that show up on my Facebook that is uh, just kind of epitomizes where we have been is this meme of this girl, and I think she's in China, but anyway, she's running a race and um, she's just like bolting to the finish line, right? And as she's just about to cross the finish line, she falls into a hole, <laughs> right? As she's like, hands are hitting the finish line tape. And, and at some level, I feel like that's where we're at, especially as a nation when you look at it. That 2020 began so much differently than we expect, or began so much differently than March came around. And then March came around, and we've been racing to this vaccine, and even still, we find ourselves stumbling towards the end. And so, I don't know where you're at, but I wonder what sort of loss you've experienced during this time. And it's as you've experienced that sense of loss that we find ourselves for the scripture reading this morning, and place ourselves in the story of that early nativity scene, the first nativity scene. Place ourselves in the story of Joseph and Mary and all the other people of God as they anticipate the coming of Jesus. See, because the story of God's people is one that it has ups and downs and turnarounds and all sorts of craziness in between. We say it every time when we gather around the, thank, the great Thanksgiving at the table, we tell the story of God's people, a story that began in creation and, and continues through Noah, and then you have the, the Tower of Babel. You have all these other pieces of this kind of rhythm of us listening and attuning our ear to God, and then us turning our backs on God and us attuning our ears to God. And the story that we have from the Psalm 89 fits just that. From what we have in our scripture, it's this song that we kind of sing, connecting us to Jesse's root like we have on uh, the, the refrain that we sang. But it's a psalm of, of joy, of God's favor over David, that, know, that God would always hear David and, and the steadfast love would endure forever on him. And yet at the same time, if you know the story of David, you know that it's not all filled with glamour. It's not all the, you know, Smooth stone hitting Goliath on the forehead and the, the triumphal reign and all of the favor, but it's also marred with uh, sin and, and a plot of murder and a sort of fall of disgrace as well. In fact, within this psalm of joy and thanksgiving, this royal praise of, of the divinic lineage of, lineage of David, is also some cries. How long will you forget me? How long will you go without hearing the word of God's people? I started 2020 with my goals and my ambitions. We started 2020 as a church with plans and initiatives and all sorts of things. Our denomination started with all of that. We had general conference planned, all sorts of things. You personally had that. You had trips planned. You had moves, vacations, whatever it was that you had planned changed that March. And you have experienced a loss, I'm sure. Even if it's as seemingly minimal as you not being able to go and visit your family whatever time you plan to. I know my family had planned to go to my grandpa's 90th birthday in June. We we're really hoping to be able to do that this year. But we were unable to do it. And some of us have experienced the other loss, and some of us have, uh, know people that have experienced loss. 
The other day I was talking to a, a pastor in uh, California. I was on a conference call with our denomination, which includes Southern California. pastor said they had heard two members of their church had died from COVID. Twenty twenty started differently than it is now, and we're hopeful that there, there's a finish line in sight. But we still have a ways to go. David's kingdom reign started differently than it took later. Than it happened later. The people of God who found themselves right at at the turn of the millennia, right before Jesus' birth were certainly a different people than the ones that sang praises of King David and King Solomon of the past, or when they were able to come back triumphantly back into Jerusalem. If you know anything about the Bible, you know that the Old Testament especially is written by a people that have gone through tremendous difficulties, whether it's slavery in Egypt whether it's conquest of the Assyrians in the north, whether it's the exile to Babylon, or then you have the Greeks that come in and they they displace the Holy of Holies and, and put a statue of Zeus in the center of the Holy Temple. And then just after that, right on the cusp of our nativity story, you have the Roman Empire that comes in. And so while the memory of praise of the line of David and the Messiah to to come lingers with God's people, most likely, most of God's people find themselves in the latter part that we didn't read of Psalm 89. How long will you remain silent and not hear the cries of your people? It's easy to look for joy either in the past or look for joy and hope and peace, all those candles that we light in the past, or to look to the future. But we've been talking about lighting the candles and saying, let there be hope now. Let there be peace now. Let there be joy now. Let there be love now. The candle of love, I think, is one that reflects the ups and downs of life, doesn't it? And when you think about love, after all, you know, Disney and other sort of popular media want to teach us that love is this emotion that rises up within us, that calls us to do all sorts of crazy things in the name of love, right? And certainly it is an emotion. It's there. But within this scripture, Psalm 89, is, I think, a more powerful understanding. The Hebrew word hesed means faithful, steadfast love. Any wedding that I do, I always reference hesed because I think it's the most beautiful component of what love embodies within the context of a faithful, monogamous relationship. Because love the feeling can be fleeting. And certainly, if you've been with a partner for more than a month, I bet, more like a year or a few years, you know that that feeling comes and goes. With the wind, like the waves, 
It's there at moments and then at other moments when you're waking up in the middle of the night with a crying baby that needs to be fed or needs to be changed. It is certainly not necessarily in those moments. At least the feeling's not. You feel the elbow in your ribs. But love is more than that. It's a commitment. But the thing about a commitment is that sometimes, just sometimes, it's there and you don't see it, right? It's the hard part. Sometimes we're going through life and we don't know what we can't see or we don't feel what we can't see, but it's there. Certainly there have been times when I've wondered in the past, right? There's been times when you don't feel the, the sort of vibrant love and you wonder, is there something missing in the relationship? Or a spouse might be distant because they're, you know, finding themselves under a lot of stress from work or they're studying or they're doing whatever they're doing. And, and you, you kind of question in those moments only to know, only to find that it's still there. I don't know where in your life you've questioned whether or not God's love is there. Maybe you've never been at that point in your life. But I know that there have been times for many of us. Times when you've uh, lost a loved one, perhaps even a spouse. Times when cancer strikes. Times when a pandemic happens. Just this week, I heard about a friend, a colleague. We worked together at a church in North Carolina who had thought she had a pinched nerve and found out she had a tumor. And one thing led to another. She ended up having an emergency surgery that left her paralyzed from the waist down. And yet in her posts, she's not praising God like on the mountaintops. This is the best experience but it's her subtle reminders that God's love is still faithful, even amidst. You may find yourself gearing up for Christmas and ready to go and ready to open up those presents with your kids, or maybe you have to go shopping still. You know, all the things we're waiting for Santa, you know, whatever it is, you may find yourself in the cheerful, joyful spirit of the season. But tomorrow is December 21st. And for many people, it's a day that's remembered as the longest night. And for many people, it's a day that we remember the hard places in our lives. And it seems odd that we might light the candle of love and then the next day remember the hardships. But I think it's so appropriate. Because love is there, even if you can't see it, you can't feel it. You can't hug it. The love of God is there, steadfast and true. I can't imagine Mary and Joseph when they found out that Mary was pregnant. The feelings, uh, the emotions, the, the nerves, all that was going on on a personal level, I, I can't imagine that on top of the reality that they are part of a people that was oppressed by the Roman Empire, longing for freedom from King Herod, who was willingly able to give away all the, 
uh, sort of sense of identity of the Jews and to put them under this harsh regime. And so this people were longing for the Messiah, the King, the David of the past with the slinging smooth stone to knock Goliath out and to free God's people. They were longing to experience the rush of love of God. And then God doesn't come and the mighty steed from the clouds, like Daniel, the book of Daniel says. Instead, in the humble origins of Mary, mother of God. Not in the rich, not in the famous, not in the powerful, but in Mary and Joseph. God's love finds us even in the hardest places. And it's there, but it might look differently than we expected it to look. It might not feel, to use the analogy of a a relationship, it might not feel like those early days, the days pre-engagement. Might not feel like the honeymoon. But God's love remains. The early writers of the Nicene Creed, which is one of our most foundational documents about what we believe, and the arguments about how do we articulate uh, God as Father, Son, and all those things that are, you know, another divinity class later that we can talk about. The best description that they could come up with, and that they wrapped the entire fancy words of the creed around, is that oikonomia, of God, which is Greek for the economy of God. To understand who God is, you understand how you might experience God, and that experience was only one of love for them. That's the way that the early Christians described God, even though they had been through persecution, even though they had worshipped in the catacombs, even though they have seen many martyrs within the early faith. God was love. Even as Mary and Joseph feared that they might be considered adulterers or they might be, you know, whatever phrase that they would be placed upon them when God comes and Mary becomes pregnant. Both trusts. Trust in the love that's unseen but there. Trust that despite their expectations, that God's love remains steadfast. So that's the thing I love about David's story. David starts as someone no one, none of us could become. Boy taking down Goliath. But he ends as someone we're all too familiar with. Someone who makes mistakes. Someone who falls from grace. Someone who doesn't feel worthy to be loved. 
someone who's grippled by loss. We've been that someone. You know that someone. God's love remains. And the candle of love that we light reminds us of that truth. And Christmas and the birth of Jesus reminds us that it's in our weakness God comes, not in our strength. Had we been able to achieve all that life could offer on our own, we would have had no need for Jesus. But instead, in the Christ child, God becomes us and reconciles us, makes us whole, even in the darkness of our lives. And so that there is nowhere we can hide from God's love. So no matter how dark the night might be, we can proclaim, let there be love. As we prepare for Christmas Eve together, we prepare to light the candle of Christ. Take time this week to remember the love that's with us. Take time this week to reflect on the love that has maintained and stayed steadfast even during your hard times. Take time this week to extend love to someone who might be especially struggling to see it right now. Let there be love. Because it's here and it's now. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks that your love never leaves us. That your love is always with us. And even though we don't experience it in the same ways, it remains steadfast. Help us during this week as we prepare for Christmas, remember your love and to extend that love to others. For those of us that are having an especially difficult time, whether it's from the isolation uh, of social distancing or whether it's uh, in the change of uh, our working life or school life or whether it's the remembrance of the holidays and the loss of a loved one or uh, not being able to travel, whatever that might be, Give us an extra sense of your love that never changes and never fades. For those of us that might not be in that place, give us extra courage, extra strength to extend your love to those around us. So that we all might remember that your presence although we wait for it and we celebrate its coming, is already here. Let there be love. Amen. Amen.